Wow, I just love that intro music by Mark Morell. Um, so tonight we're on episode five of Above All There's Hope. And I'm Jill Johnson. I'm here with Mark Johnson. And we're going to begin to speak about how the big reveal and how to um, tell your family and friends and colleagues uh, that you have prostate cancer. It's really challenging. Or, or at um, least we'll say, <laughs> give our, our challenges. Yeah, we'll yeah. tell you our, our situation yeah, yeah. when it came time to tell our family. And it, it took some processing on our part before we were really even able to talk about it, even really able to acknowledge that this was, this was happening. So with that said, we'll go on to the big reveal, telling my family and friends and colleagues that I have prostate cancer. Right. So before I, I do that, uh, I wanted to do a little housekeeping as well. Um, <coughs> sorry. Please, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, please uh, make sure to let your friends and family know uh, about this podcast uh, so that uh, you can join us in our efforts to help raise awareness and... Um, uh, one of the things that I wanted to say uh, beforehand, this this uh, podcast, this particular episode will uh, air initially in November, and uh, two two big uh, events, men's health events, happen during the month of November. One of them is the uh, uh, Movember, and the other one is No Shave November. Um, they're both really good, uh, conscious or, 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 uh, just raising awareness events throughout the month. Uh, it, it's kind of a challenge though for me, uh, because I think it dilutes the message sometimes and people, um, and actually people who should know sometimes think that November is prostate cancer awareness month, which uh, it isn't. Uh, that is um, the month of August. Uh, so, uh, but I'll give you a little information about both of those initiatives. Uh, they do have some differences um, in their requirements from uh, from people who participate in them. Uh, the the primary difference is uh, Movember uh, focuses on uh, growing and grooming your mustache. Well, no shave November. Um, the participants are not allowed to shave uh, any hair at all on their body. Uh, so that would include actually men and women. Um, uh, Movember is a month-long event which people are encouraged to, to grow their mustaches uh, just to kind of let people know. Uh, and it actually covers a lot more than just prostate cancer uh, it's it's some men's health um, issues in general, such as prostate cancer. That's what we're we're here for, testicular cancer, uh, and and mental health. Um, November started in 2003, and uh, has actually funded uh, more than 1,200 uh, men's health projects around the world. Uh, so that. That's been, uh, you know, a good thing, uh, but then just kind of challenging, I think, in terms of, of 
really um, sending the message home uh, for prostate cancer specifically. Uh, no Shave November was created in 2009, uh, and that was two years after the passing of a person named Matthew Hill, who had struggled with colorectal cancer um, during the month of November 2007. Um, uh, so, the, uh, again, uh, No Shave November uh, is... is uh, like I said, it's <laughs> it's male or female initiative. It doesn't really matter, um, but uh, the the money that you save uh, theoretically by not shaving is uh, to go to the fight against uh, cancer. So um, I just wanted to uh, to let you all know that and and maybe clear up some some misconceptions. Uh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Putting on the brakes. <laughs> I'm I'm just about kind of cracking up over here. Um, I didn't realize this was for women to participate in. Well, and, that's if you're going to do No Shave November. Well, No Shave November at my age. <laughs> I'm 68 at my age. I don't have much body hair anymore. <laughs> I don't have any hair on my legs. I don't have much hair underneath my armpits. But you know how old women get these long whiskers? (laughs) (laughs) Are they asking us? (laughs) Are they asking us to keep those for the month? I don't think so. No, don't pick them out. Oh yeah, right. Nope, I don't think I'll be participating in that. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay. Well, you'll just have to think of something else to do. Uh, So. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Um, so we're going <laughs> back to the subject at hand. <laughs> <laughs> Before we so rudely interrupted ourselves, yeah. uh, w- which is uh, the big reveal. And um, you know, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. And... Uh, Obviously, your brain is is uh, spinning at that point. Um, and for me, the most important thing was trying to figure out a way uh, to let my two adult children, um, my brother, and then uh, a couple of very close friends, know. Uh, what was going on with me, that I had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so it was, I mean, it's even to the point of uh, there's, a, there's actually a seven-year difference uh, in my kids' age, uh, so there is kind of an age pecking order. But uh, I even was, and maybe I was overthinking it, and Jill will probably tell you that I was, uh, but... Uh, Frankly, at that time, I, other than knowing I had to tell them uh, th- there wasn't really much uh, overthinking on my part, but uh, even considering how they would react um, was, was uh, a key, key point for me. Uh, I, I tried to have... Uh, consideration of their feelings uh, as I uh, 
did the big reveal. Uh, my brother is way more analytical, so I knew it would be, um, you know, just kind of full of, uh-huh, 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 okay, uh-huh, okay, so what are you going to do? Kind of a conversation. Uh, and I knew that talking to my kids would, uh, for me and them, would be, uh, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting a little choked up here, uh, be a little bit more emotional. So I can't remember which one I called first. Um, but, it, of course, indeed, I did get uh, fairly emotional. I think I think I called my daughter just because of, of uh, the age pecking order thing. She's she's uh, was a little bit older. Uh, but, again, this was also 10 years ago. But still, she's always going to be seven years older than my son. Um and I do rem re remember that she took it pretty well. Um, and, and she sometimes can be very dramatic and very emotional. And I was concerned about that. But I, I uh, as I recall, she took it pretty well. And my son, who usually is uh, more calm, cool, and collected, but still doesn't, as Jill noted in a in a previous episode, he doesn't really like to consider such things. So um, I think at that moment it became uh, very scary for him. And I remember uh, I was crying and he was crying, and you know he said, uh, "I don't want you to die, Dad." And that hit me like a ton of bricks as well. And so, uh, you know, I had to kind of reassure him that at some point in my life I was, I was going to die, but it wasn't going to be anytime soon. And uh, he was in, actually in the Navy at that point, uh, and uh, he had had a, uh, uh, he, he a two-week break coming up, and he was going to go to Japan with... Uh, with a friend of his, and he had been looking forward to that trip for a really long time. And uh, he came very close to canceling the trip uh, because of me. And that was the other thing, that I knew he was going to go on that trip, and I knew I didn't want him to um, cancel uh, on account of me because I knew that uh, he was going to enjoy the trip no matter what. And I knew that I was still going to be here when uh, when he returned from the trip. And so uh, so that was that was the most challenging part, I think, for me. Uh, then then I called my brother, and it was it was very uh, similar to what I, I laid out to you, uh, and. Uh, you know, he asked me about the types of treatments uh, that I was considering. And, you know, I said uh, a prostatectomy, a radical prostatectomy, and radiation. And uh, He was not necessarily for the radiation. Uh, I guess he, he may have known a little bit more about the, the side and after effects of radiation than uh, I was aware of at that time. Uh, our... <laughs> we learned this later on. Uh, my I call him my primary care urologist because he's 
the doctor that I've I've had almost since the entire time I've been here in uh, in Central Florida, uh, and uh, most of my medical efforts kind of center around his advice and and what he has to say, but. Um, he had called at one point uh, as I was dealing with some, some uh, after effects of radiation. He said, ah, oh, radiation, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but I digress, and I'm sure we'll uh, cover that in a, in a future episode. Um, but uh, that's kind of how it went with my brother, and then I called my uh, two dear friends in California, and they are—they're uh, older than—and they're friends of Jill's as well, and they're older than us. Uh, and Jill uh, sometimes only partly in jest uh, refers to them as my parents. Um, they've always been very supportive uh, of me and for me uh, at, at times. Uh, both of my real parents. Uh, have not been here for for many years, so again, that was a little bit more. That was a little easier uh, because they, you know, of, of course they're they're saddened by the news, but they they took a little bit more kind of parental role, I guess, and you know wanted to know about the options, things like that. Um, so then at that point, it was. <laughs> It was like open, open the floodgates now, so we can let uh, uh, other people know. Um, I remember at one point, actually, I was, uh, I was still working through all of this, uh, and uh, and sometimes it was it was hard to focus, and sometimes it was, uh, you know, I wanted to tell them uh, because I knew my behavior wasn't exactly. Uh, the same as it was, you know, a couple weeks before. Um, and uh, we were in a meeting and some, uh, it was a staff meeting or something, and some really trivial point was being uh, just kind of beaten into the dirt. And I remembered just kind of interrupting and saying very sharply, um, I, I don't have time for this. And and not elaborating on it any further, uh, but we just kind of stopped that point and and and, uh, and kind of moved forward. And I also remember actually, I uh, ran into my boss. Uh, I was going into uh, one of the buildings that we occupied uh, on on campus. Um, and he was actually driving out, and uh, uh, I, ha I had been trying to figure out when and where to tell him. And uh, <laughs> I figured, I guess, you know, he's in his car, and I'm I'm walking, getting ready to walk in the building, and I figured, what the heck, you know, that now's as good as time as any. And so I uh, I told him, and uh, like I said, I hadn't been acting the same. Uh, I'd gotten a a uh, fairly critical phone call during a meeting, and I ran out of a meeting just to, to pick up the call. And I said, you know, excuse me, I'll be right back. i got to take this call and uh, things like that. But I told him, and uh, he said, he said, okay. 
I guess that's why you've been acting so strange lately. And I said, yeah. So, uh, so for me, it, it was it, uh, the timing part was was very important. Um, and Jill and I had discussed that uh, beforehand, and she she uh, she did according to my wishes to let me tell tell the kids first. Uh, but I knew that, that there were some people that she wanted to tell and I, I actually I wanted her to tell them too so at, at that point like I said we opened the open the gates um, and uh, Jill you contacted uh, our our old church in California yes so um, the thing about Mark and and his family uh, which really kind of just trips me up. Uh, they don't talk about anything. Honestly, I, as he was talking, I was thinking about when we were getting married. His son knew we were dating, and the daughter, maybe she had a, had heard we were dating, but we were planning on getting married, Um like within the next couple of weeks, and he hadn't told his kids yet because they don't talk about things. They just don't talk about things. And so it was sort of the same way with the prostate cancer. He was, it was such an emotional time for both of us, and we were so filled with fear just about the diagnosis and, you know, what we were going to do and what was next and oh my gosh, you know, yeah, are you going to die? How long do you have to live? And um, just the uncertainties about this and also kind of the denial. Uh, um, sort of not wanting to admit, because if you admit it, then it's really real. So, but on the other hand, my family is much different than Mark's family and probably because of me. I talk about everything. I will talk about anything. And I've kind of taught my family that. So when there's issues or problems or just everyday life, we talk about stuff. And um, to this day, we still talk about stuff. So I wanted to tell my family, and I'm a, maybe you've noticed, I'm kind of a talker. And um, so... Yeah, I, I hadn't. I, I hadn't noticed. Yeah, you probably haven't noticed yet. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I really wanted to tell my brother was was who I really wanted to tell. But Mark did not want me to tell my brother because he's a talker, and he didn't want he didn't want my brother talking around the church, which was kind of our social um, network. Well, um, I'll, I'll just add in that I had had a couple of of bad experiences with him uh, revealing things that I didn't need revealed. At the time, at right. At the time, so yeah. th that's why I didn't want... So anyway, when it was finally okay for me to talk, and it was such a hard time, I, I think I did talk about it with people that I knew from a meeting that I knew didn't know Mark and couldn't harm us in any way, but I felt like I needed to talk. And... 
and that's often how I feel. I, I need to talk about things because if I don't, I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to be nervous. I'm, I'm just not comfortable keeping things pent up. So anyway, yeah, I, he gave me the go-ahead. Then we began to talk about it, and there, there was so much importance to, to me telling the people that I wanted to tell because I wanted people to pray for, pray for us, pray for me, pray for Mark. Um, I wanted the church to know, but I also wanted my girlfriends to know. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of how it came apart. As came, yeah, that's how it all came together um, when we were getting ready to talk about it. And um, once we started talking about it, we've been talking about it ever since. <laughs> uh, in in retrospect, though, that was that period of time was only a. a couple of weeks couple of weeks yeah um you know i guess in some senses it seems like a uh a lifetime um but uh, like i said the uh the floodgates opened she she contacted the uh uh, the church administrator and uh i think they um they sent out a, a a prayer request and right I think Pastor Jim mentioned us, you know, in one of his services. And, uh, and the other thing, excuse me, the other thing, I was raising my hand. Oh, I, I didn't see it. <laughs> the other thing was, and we said this in a previous um, episode, the, the Facebook thing, he wanted to... Well, I was just going to say that. Oh, yeah. he wanted to put it out on Facebook, and I was like... This guy is so private. Are you kidding me? You know, and I said, why would you do that, Mark? You know, why would you put it out there on Facebook? And he I said, even had a, a, a diagram from the doctor that showed where the prostate was and where it was infected or, or infected, where it was cancerous. And uh, I posted that. Yeah. So anyway, once we started telling, we really started telling. Yeah, well, like I said, the floodgates kind of open. So that that was a real kind of um, an emotionally uh, and challenging time for me, and I th- I think largely because of um, because of my kids. Uh, I just uh, I'm raising my hand again. Okay. Yes, Jill, did you have something to say? Yeah, so one of the things about, actually, by the time you get ready to talk about it and tell, tell your peeps, um, it's very freeing. It's, it is very freeing just to have it out there, not to be holding any secrets. And for people to know, you know, what's going on with you, it's, it's a great relief to, you, to not travel the road by yourself. Yes, that is that is completely true. So, uh, I know that many men uh, struggle with not telling anybody that there's there's anything wrong with them, um, particularly something wrong in the icky zone, uh, like prostate cancer, or, you know, colon cancer, or colorectal cancer, or something like that. But, um, and so it could be a challenge for them. But I I, uh, I recognize now in retrospect, and I, I don't think two weeks is a, an unnecessary time, and I do think that um, uh, 
of course, like what I said, Jill respected my wishes, and uh, I just figured it out. For me, timing is is everything. That's that's kind of always been the thing for me. Um, so, but yes, she was she was right in the fact that uh, once once it's out and the floodgates are open, uh, and you you get the prayers and you get the support and you get the acknowledgement. Uh, from your friends and family and, and even colleagues, a lot of, a lot of them um, responded in very uh, affirmative ways and, and uh, were at least consoling if there was nothing that they could actually physically do. So, You know, um, I also said something about this in a previous episode um, about women. You know, when we get uterine cancer or ovarian cancer or something like that we tell or, about or it. breast cancer or breast cancer <laughs> we talk we just about finished it. Uh, right. breast cancer awareness we talk month about tonight. it and um men don't do that men don't do that when they get prostate because i think it's it's uh, there's a stereo there's a stereotype about about prostate cancer that's so scary to men and and a lot of it is just really the unknown so anyway the great big reveal is so so jill and i were talking the other day uh, about this podcast we do that quite frequently and she said uh, when are we going to get to the hard stuff and i said the hard stuff and she said you know like uh, incontinence or impotence or something i said well this is all the hard hard stuff and uh, to me it is uh you know telling people uh that you know that you love that uh potentially um deadly disease is upon you telling somebody that uh, that's that's kind of hard to me uh, uh but um but yes this this is uh, kind of going in chronological order uh, of of uh, you know my journey, uh, hence the title, my journey with prostate cancer, um, and one of the things about uh, uh, about this podcast and my journey is that I'm learning things and new things are happening to me, and I had uh, had in a previous episode a little segment that I that I called the soapbox. Uh, and that was about uh, how professional sports uh, does not support prostate cancer. Professional men's sports does not really su- support or acknowledge or help raise awareness for prostate cancer in any uh, real way. There's a little bit thing with the MLB. Um, but uh, so anyway, this, this particular uh, episode of the soap box is the... Uh, and and one of my current dilemmas is the cost of medications. Um, it's it's crazy. Uh, I am I am trying to get one of uh, my key medications, uh, which is called Erlida. It's uh, manufactured by uh, Johnson and Johnson Janssen um, Oncology, and a month's supply of this medication. Uh, is available for the low, low price of sixteen thousand uh, dollars. With my insurance, um, I'm able to get it for the 
even lower price of $3,000. Um, so in, in effect, it's for me and our budget, it's un unobtainium. Uh, I can't, we can't afford it. Uh, even, even, you know, crazily discounted. And it's, it's crazy to me why they would develop a medication that's supposed to help people um, and uh, usually at this point help people who are older, right? So a lot of us are on Social Security, a lot of us are on Medicare, um, and for whatever reason, they never connect the dots that like, oh, gee, these people may not be able to afford these medications at the price that we set them. Now, obviously, they can set it at any price they want. Uh, it could be a loss leader or, or not. It's, I mean, that's up to them. Um, so it's, to me, it's just uh, I, I'm, I'm confused and frustrated because uh, I am able to apply for uh, assistance programs. Uh, however, <laughs> the two of the assistance programs that I applied for wanted my 2021 tax return statement, uh, which was when I was working. So, of course, it's very different from, <laughs> from now when I'm on Social Security. You know, it's, it's, a, it's quite a bit different. And it's like it's not going to – I'm not going to get approved because I made a lot more money in 2021 than I do now. Um, and then Jill, Jill made a call directly to the manufacturer, and they said, oh, yeah, we have a program. And then two weeks after uh, I got approved for the program, uh, they sent me a letter and said, oh, for anybody that has insurance of any kind, including Medicare, we're discontinuing it for you. This program will only be for people who are uninsured. So we're kind of back to the drawing board. Um, and, and for me, that's been a, uh, uh, a big source of, of frustration, anxiety, and um, and I probably even anger because uh, this this is it's just it seems crazy that they would they would want to do that. Um, so now, uh, Jill, I'll be getting off the soapbox and handing it back to you. Okay, I want to add a little bit to that soapbox too because it's it's so frustrating. You know, we we left a high paying job and um, great benefit package only to come into this Medicare system thinking that it's going to just be about the same. We're not even going to notice. Yeah, it was $30 a month when I was, uh, right. that same medication was $30 right. a month through my uh, employee's insurance plan. Employers insurance. Plan. Yeah. yeah, so I'm on the soap soapbox also this week. Of course, concerned with this, but trying to get a tooth pulled. Oh my gosh! You'd think I was trying to get a tooth pulled. <laughs> I am trying to get a tooth pulled, but the Medicare, you know, dental plan. Oh, geez, they don't take it. They won't honor it. They're. It, it's like, what do we do in this country with old people that need? Medical. I'll end there. Okay. <laughs> and the last word. So for the last word, I'm going to say 
that the great reveal really is a great reveal. It's a great thing to do, reveal that you have an illness. Because going forward now, Mark will say, hey, did you know so-and-so had prostate cancer? Hey, Jill, I just found out so-and-so had prostate cancer. Or Jill, you know, or, or I'll tell him, hey, Mark, you know who has prostate cancer? Well, before Mark started talking about this, or we started talking about this, we didn't know anybody who had prostate cancer. It wasn't spoken about. But once you reveal it and come out of, I'll just say come out of the closet with it, um, you can start to have conversations. So anyway, that's my final word. Um, our next episode, that will be episode six, is going to feature Dr. Carlos Alemani. He's our medical in- oncologist. He's a great guy. Should be a really good... Oh, yeah. Um, we're really excited about yeah, that. Yeah, should he was, be a great episode. He's, he was very excited to participate when we asked him uh, during our last visit. With yeah. Him, yeah, so he's going he's gonna to talk to us, all of us, together on our next podcast. So the final, final word is be strong and persevere. And if you're so inclined, call on Jesus for help. 